Yes, people, what's going on? It is episode 329 of Chris Breakdown. It's me, Chris, obviously. How are you doing? Are you well? How's your week been? It is Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, the 27th of June. I'm still going to label this like it's Sunday because that's what I just do. It's, it's the fraudulent business of this podcast. It's, I, I don't care. And I don't care who, who am I answerable to. The podcast ombudsman, there isn't such thing. So shut up. Enjoy your free pod. Uh, how's your week been? I mean, I guess because of the day I'm recording, I always, I'm covering a period a bit longer than a week, I suppose. Hey, how's your week been? Mine has been fine. It's been good before the first world issues. Proper first world problems. Like one thing. And my own... Um, tragedy this week obviously you had the submersible titan submersible but before we go into that let's talk about my tragedy my personal drowning drowning in the shit that is zara <laughs> zara returns that's what happened to me okay what an ordeal that was last week to return something to zara you see because i don't shop in Zara myself, I have Zara items because my wife shops Zara and she shops for me because I am a typical man. You see, I'm a typical man who had his own sense of fashion. By own sense of fashion, I mean I put on a top, I put on things to cover my legs and I put on shoes. And that was me dressed. That was my sense of fashion. And then my wife subtly, uh, systematically, systemically picked bought clothes for me and slowly just threw away items of clothing without me knowing before i knew it every item in my wardrobe has been more or less bought by my wife the only things that haven't been bought by my wife are formal clothes like suits i know i have to buy suits she has never bought me any form of suit or shirt and sports stuff all my sports stuff all mine that's all my decision. I'm a big boy. <laughs> That's all mine. Everything else, I'm literally doing a mental sweep of my clothes. So t-shirts, jumpers, cardigans, jeans, chinos. All her. All her. It gets to the point where, like, if I tear my jeans, I tell her I've torn my jeans she's like, oh, I'm like, yep, so do you want me to order some new ones online? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous, so some items in Zara, but I've never actually had to go to Zara myself, I've never had to return anything to Zara for myself that I've bought, so it was uh, the morning before work, I get in there early, you know, on Oxford Street, I thought I'll get there early, get there early, queue, um, I, I, this is where the ordeal first starts into this particular branch of Zara I walk in, I look on the wall to work out what floor returns are on and it's just absolute gibberish, they've got the acronym TFR, I don't know what that is and um, I was like what the fuck so I get to, the, I'm on the ground floor I just walk to the back to the till get to the till, on the wall it says exchange returns, I'm like brilliant, I'm in the right queue, I get to the front, I'm like, I'd like to exchange, I'd like to return this, they're like, sorry that's floor two, I'm like what, but it literally says on the fucking hell, they go up to floor two, I'll, I'll go back to the sign, it's not any clearer, and funny thing is, 
as as I get to floor two, I recognise this woman who was in front of me in the floor below. And I go, did you struggle to find returns as well? And she said, yes, because I thought it was just me. And I was like, oh, thank you. I go, the sign's rubbish. This is me just there ranting about Zara. It's great. We bond. Anyway, get to front of the queue. I've got my wife's bank card. I've got her trousers she's returning. Today I've got a receipt. I'm like, uh, do I need a receipt for the bank card? They're like, yeah, you need a receipt. And I was like, oh, I mean, that does make sense. I'm not mad at you for this point. I'm not mad at you for this point. Call my missus. She doesn't pick up. Call her five times. I'm like, I've got to go to work. Then she calls me back to go, oh, the receipt was in the pocket. I was like, why would I know that? I'm angry, but then she sends an apology. Rather than express I'm angry, she sends an apology going, ah, sorry, I should have let you know that. I was like, fair enough. Do you know what? Forget it. I'm not mad. Don't care anymore. I'll go at lunchtime. Yes, lunchtime. I'm going to Zara in Oxford Street at lunchtime. During their summer sale. I did not know it was a summer sale. Absolute Armageddon. Zaragedon. It is ridiculous scenes in there. I get in, uh, I look at one queue, and I start sneaking around the whole floor. I walk to the front, and I go, is this returns? Because I'm not joining the wrong queue. They're like, no, 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 that queue over there, oh, brilliant, thanks. Now the queue's not that long for returns. It's actually not that long, but it's not moving. It's so slow. I'm trying to understand why it's so slow. I can't, I can't work out why it's so slow. Because I'm not that far from the front. There's probably about 10 people ahead of me. In my mind, in my estimations, look at the queue. I'm like, mm, I should be in the queue for about uh, five to ten minutes. I'm not. I'm not people. I'm in this queue for so long. And no exaggeration. I'm in this queue for near on 40 minutes. Near on 40 minutes. And let me explain why. So I couldn't work out why. Then I just started breaking it down. Started looking around. What's going on? Here's number one. Number one. There's people in the queue that aren't doing returns. Some people doing exchanges. Okay, they're allowed. Some people just buying shit. After many announcements from staff walking up and down the queue, going, "If you aren't buying stuff, it's better to go to another queue. This queue's for returns and exchanges." I think that annoys me. It's in this queue. It's full of women. Just women just looking at each other kind of trying to do this kind of grin pretend they can't hear they're kind of like looking at each other mutually to say are you ignoring her as I, as I am yeah and so just get out of the queue some boss just want to do a return one return I'm returning one item get out of the queue so that was annoying me right I, was, and I, I can't tell them to get out of the queue because I said they're women I'm a man six foot man six foot black man I can't be shouting at women <laughs> she's just shout out white women in the queue in Oxford Street so I just have to breathe it out not fine whatever do you know what it's kind of not their fault if the queue is moving quickly I wouldn't care so I think why is it moving so slow why is it moving so slow let me look at what's going on at the till I look at the till people I'm not sure if you've ever been to Zara before but Zara they have this policy as each item is being returned they put it back on the hanger and tag it like the electronic tag now i've worked in retail two shops i've worked at next and jd 
here's what happens when someone makes a return. You got a receipt, mate? Yeah, thanks. Look at that. Scan the receipt, scan the tag that's on the um, item of clothing, and then you throw it in a basket. <laughs> and you do not look at the item of clothing until the end of the shift. What might happen during your shift? Someone who's on the shop floor will walk around the back of the till, see the big pile of returns and go, let me go sort these out. And it'll be them who will tag it. It'll be them who will put it back on hangers. It'll be them who will put it out on the shop floor. And it makes it move so much smoother. Not Zara, no. Each individual item. So they give you a scenario of what will be happening in Zara is someone is return is exchanging four items imagine that they're exchanging four items which means they put one item back that gets put on the hanger gets tagged and then the one they're buying gets the tag taken off and taken off the hanger and that is so flipping slow I'm not trying to do it quickly it's like this, oh, I was just like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And I realised this is why Zara makes so much money because people just die in the queue trying to return things. I don't understand why it's taking them so long, right? And then, and then this is the piece de resistance. I'm like two or three people away from the front now, and where there's only two people working because one of the tills don't work, some woman comes walking to the front, and I kind of respect her hustle. Or to the front and she asks a question of the person behind the till asks another question and then asks another question then by this point what she's end up doing is tricking the person behind the till into serving her because she hasn't queued up what she wants isn't something at the till and she basically tricks the person into serving her but she can't serve her she needs to get a manager so he gets the manager, and the manager comes over. But this manager can't work it out. So they call for another manager. And that means there's three members of staff serving one person who didn't even fucking queue. Didn't even queue. So people at the front of the queue are looking, going, what the fuck is this? And we're now talking to each other. People in the queue now. We're talking to each other. We're fuming. We're like, what the hell is this? But I thought, do what I'm, I'm getting there. And the problem, thing, funny thing was, I was getting my hair cut. And I had to put my hair cut back half an hour. I gave myself half an hour to be in the queue. And then I had to put back another half hour. That's how long I was in this bloody queue for. And um, by the time I get to the front now, yeah, they get apologies for the wait. I just, I just, I don't, I don't care. I just, I don't care. I want to return this item. Here's the card. Here's the receipt. Do it. This woman, she's feeling the pressure. Um, obviously, she puts the item of clothing back on the hanger, for fuck's sake. And then she goes, is this the card you use? Like, yep, this is the card. And as I scan it, it says rebooting. Oh, rebooting what? System. The system rebooted people. The system was never rebooted mid-transaction. Which meant that they couldn't move me to another till because this transaction was in the middle of happening. Yeah. 
so they couldn't move to another till. So they had to wait for the till to reboot. And she kept, she could feel the anxiety, you know, and I feel how anxious she was feeling because I wasn't making eye contact, I was just getting more and more vexed. And she was like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, I don't care, I just, I don't care. To the point where I created so much awkward energy that she goes, Would you accept the refund in cash? And I tell her, I just want to get out of your stupid shop. And then she goes, Okay. I'm like, yeah, thanks. And it was, I know that, I'm not sure if that was even a Saharan story. As uh, I'm not sure if I got that across to you guys, but for me, unbelievable. And being in that shop, trapped in that shop, just made me feel like what well, it must have been like those guys on the submersible. <laughs> I know how it felt. When you're just in a space you don't want to be in and you're trapped and you feel like your life is in danger due to the ineptitude of the people around you. That was it. It was it exact parallels. Listen, that's unmerciful. The Titan, the irony, the Titan becoming a part of the Titanic, as the meme said. To view the wreckage of the Titanic, $250,000. To become a part of the wreckage of the Titanic, priceless. Now, I don't want to laugh at these people. People have died. Let's not be sickos. We're not laughing at people's death. Are we laughing at them being in the submersible? Yes. I won't laugh at them dying, but I will laugh at them being in the submersible. Crazy. This is my joke about prime white people in. This is prime white people in. As I've said before, it's not all white people that do the crazy shit. It's just the crazy shit is done by white people. This is prime white people in. You might die, but it's a laugh. That's white culture, and this is what happened. Now, some of you will be listening to this going, but there's two Asian people on there. They were doing white shit. Doing white shit. That's like me saying that carnival is a black thing. And then you go, there's white people and not in Hill Carnival. I go, they're doing black shit. They're doing black shit. <laughs> Listen, they're doing white shit. And the reason I know they're doing white shit because when I told my Asian colleague this is crazy white people, in, they're like, but there's Asians there. And I go, and what do you think of those Asians? And he just burst out laughing. <laughs> Listen. It's crazy, man. This thing just was not fit for purpose at all. And I saw a lot of comparisons about the refugee boat that sank. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I understood it. I still haven't bothered Googling that refugee boat. <laughs> I don't know how many people died on that boat. I don't know. I don't even know when it happened. Still don't know. As all I saw was just memes of people going, don't care about this, but you care about this. So I was like, tell you what, guys, one's funny, one isn't. So I'm just going to read about the funny one. It was just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Stockton Rush. He doesn't even sound like a real person. Just sounds like some kind of Bond villain. Like Elon Musk as well. Just don't sound like real people. 
that was the CEO. He didn't give a shit about safety, apparently. They had a whistleblower a few years ago who said, look, this thing is not fit for purpose. But the craziest commenter to come out of the woodworks, because there's like previous divers, people have been on the submerse before when it lost contact, but they, they're survivors. The funniest comment of all people, I didn't even read their comment, it's James Cameron. James Cameron, the director of the film Titanic, was commenting about the safety of the submersible. Bro, please don't be deluded that because you directed a film about a boat, you're a foremost <laughs> voice on boats. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, in my opinion, bro, you're a film director. Shh. <laughs> I didn't even read what he said. He might not have said anything. That's actually crazy. I might agree with everything he said, but initially I just saw James Cameron thinks, I'm like, no, 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 no. All James Cameron is sniffing around the fact that he can make Titanic 2. Voyager submersible. It's crazy, man. It's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. I mean, what else have I got to talk about on this pod before I get into Dear Deirdre? Got some other notes. I've got one other topic I want to talk about. Where are you? Where are you? Donde is nuts? Um, where are we? 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 No, that was football. Bants. Pod. Oh. That's the other news that's happened this week. Rihanna. Rihanna stepping down as CEO of Savage Times Fenty. And um, it was hilarious. I saw so many people chatting about this. Just not understanding how businesses work. Going, oh, so much for black owned. Uh, this kind of changes direction of the business. Why couldn't she give it to a black person? So, here's the thing, people, if you don't understand. Rihanna stepped down as CEO, which is a paid position. It's chief executive officer. Uh, it's the highest salaried position. You are the most powerful employee of the business. She's stepping down from that role. She doesn't want to be an employee anymore. She's just going to be chairman. Chairwoman, chairperson, one level. Okay, so she's still an owner. She still has an influence in the direction of the business. As he's picked a CEO, a white woman, and people, are, why has he picked a white? Because it's her business and she owns it. It's black owned, and this black woman can do whatever she wants <laughs> with her black business. And if she picks a white CEO. She probably does that. So then her black customers still get a premium product. She picked the best person for the job. Imagine having a black owned business and you pick someone in that position when you have someone better lined up, but you're like, I'm going to pick the black person. They're not as good as that one, but I'm picking the black person. Guess what you're going to end up doing? You're going to end up earning 100 to 30% of nothing. Okay? 
if that person isn't suitable for the job. Now, granted, as Chris Short said, if there's a black person that's equally good for the role, give it to the black person. <laughs> but if they're not, you give it to the best person for the job. It's your business. It's your business. But it's funny, like how ask a question about black businesses. What do we want to see? Do you want to see black ownership or do you want to see black workers? Or does it have to be for black customers or does the product have to be quote unquote black? You know, like Caribbean food, African food, hair products. These are black products. Is it only a black business if it is black owned selling black products to black people? Because that's the case in the UK. That's not going to be a massive business. And I think that's the issue for a lot of black businesses is that they think, right, I need to sell a black product to black people and employ only black people. When in fact, all that matters is that the ownership is black and the product is not detrimental to black people. And when you think about it, that means there's black businesses that just don't instantly ring off to you as a black business, right? Well, there'd be law firms. Um restaurants that aren't Caribbean or African they would all be black businesses but if the focus is the number of employees then that means the NHS TFL they're all black businesses you would never think of it as a black business but if if it was black owned they didn't have that many black people working there. People are like, what's going on? The owners are sell out. It's crazy. Crazy dynamics of having to uh, run a black business, eh? But anyway, that's all I've got to talk about. I said, I didn't really mention my week. I said, how was your week? My week's been good. I was on I was on Radio 1 Extra today with DJ Ace live. Live on the radio. Um, which was cool. Really cool. Really nice guy. It's really cool to be in the studio studio looks exactly like it looks on YouTube. I was in there. I was there. Hey, I'm here. And uh yeah, so obviously promoting the show and promoting the podcast as well. That's what I was doing. And it was fun. It was really, really fun. Um so did that this week. Um can't tell you the reason why. Because I think it adds to the fun of it. Maybe you can DM me people. But I've um, I've had to be reading children's books. Well, I haven't had to be. I've, I've just, I've, I've been reading children's books in public. It's really funny to see people, see me, a big man, reading children's books. I'm not sure if they think, "Wow, this guy's proper remedial when it comes to reading," or they think, oh, "Wow, this guy's learned to read as an adult. This is actually truly inspiring." You know, they're like, "Wow, why is an adult reading a kids' book? What is he trying to learn?" I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but it's it's just fun to see people kind of making eye contact, looking at the book and looking at me, looking at the book. I think I'd be better off like reading flipping smart magazine. <laughs> it's crazy. Really crazy. Anyway, let's get on to the uh, good dear Deirdre. Big yawn. I'm walking around to this pod, I'm still yawning. 
I can't fall asleep while walking, can I? Maybe I can. Uh, oh, dear, dear, dear. The perks of sleeping with my married boss keep me from ending it. My married boss gives me a promotion or work perk every time I try to end our sexual relationship. Jesus. That's how it should be, right? No, no, no. Listen, you want to sleep with your boss. You want to sleep with them just because you love them. They're your fucking boss. Make sure they promote you and give you pay rises. So if it does not end in a relationship you want, at least your career's progressed. I mean, they've never understood. Just being receptionist or girl in the mail, got in the mail room just whacking their boss's cheeks or getting their cheeks cracked by their boss. And three years later, they're still doing the same job. Like, you what? You what? What are you doing? Like, I, I just don't understand that. But if suddenly, you know, you're an absolute moron, but you just keep getting promoted. Is that, well, yeah. So you should. Right, I'm a 28-year-old woman and an executive assistant at a bank. My lover is 38 and a senior manager. We've been having an affair for a year, and although we still have the most intense sex and get on brilliantly when we're alone, I can see I'm wasting my time. He stays in a flat during the week and goes back to his family home at the weekend because his wife refuses to move to the city. He hardly talks about her except to say she's difficult and selfish. Our affair started one evening after he asked me if I'd like a drink. Afterwards, I agreed to go back to his flat to wait for a cab. Um, we opened a bottle of wine and soon started exploring each other's bodies on the sofa. He was amazing. And we had sex right there. Since then, we meet at least three times a week. Jesus. That's a relationship. That's not an affair. <laughs> the problem is, while he doesn't like his wife, he'll never leave because of the 11-year-old daughter. The first time I called it off, he got me a promotion from, from receptionist to executive assistant. That's what I'm talking about. The second time he organised a spa weekend for me and my friends as a work perk. And the third time he put me on a company taxi account. This is what I'm talking about. There's another guy at work who is 29. We've been out a couple of times. He's cute. He wants to see where our relationship goes and has no emotional baggage. Who should I choose? You need to leave that 29-year-old alone. Leave him alone. Because he ain't going to be able to get it up. When he finds out that, you know, Andy, your boss, has just been digging you out. Especially this overlap as well. He may have just been able to get over it if it's someone you used to see. But no. Let's see if your boss isn't even good looking. Oh, no. Just, just no. No. Not a chance. Listen, even if you're new... This is a problem with things like this. Even if you meet a new guy who's out of the office and he finds out that your boss has been smashing and you still work there, he's like, move job. Move fucking job now. No one wants to hear that you've smashed your colleague. No. No partner wants to hear that. Anyway. Let's get to the next one. Um... Ooh, left out. My close friends went on a lad's holiday without me. Maybe because you're fucking lame. And since you got a girlfriend, Pete, 
you fucking boring. Anyway, <laughs> dear Deirdre, friends of mine are denying that they've been on holiday together, but they're all over social media. But the pictures all over social media, that's hilarious. Full pictures on social media, really on holiday. I'm a man of 30 and had a tough childhood and never fitted in. Oh man. At 18, I left home and went to college where I found a group of guys who I thought really connected with me. There were four of us who did stuff together. But it all changed after a pub crawl with my mates when I, ve- when I invited another colleague from work. I'm not sure what happened that night, but since then they seemed to drop me. Oof. I can't even think. What the fuck could your colleague, your colleague have done? That made them kind of drop him out. That is mad. I've just gone on my colleague's Instagram. Pro- what? So we went to college and found a group of guys. When I invited another colleague from work, then I've just gone on my colleague's Instagram profile and there are five pictures of him with my mates on holiday. What the hell? I thought it was just your mates who went away. They actually recruited your mate that you brought along and they went, fuck him, get him out. What on earth happened here? So I've just gone to my colleague's Instagram profile and there are five pictures of him with my mates on holiday. Looks like they're in Spain. I called him and asked him about it. He said he'd been on holiday, but he's run into the others by coincidence. What rubbish. I'm feeling as if he's gaslighting me. I mean... I just, I don't even know what to say, bro. I'm trying to understand what happened in that meeting. That they became such good, good enough friends to go on holiday. And, but you weren't invited. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what could have been said. Pure devastation. I'm sorry, bro. I don't want to get new friends. These words seem to be like your only friends. Boy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's some speed dating for friendship kind of thing. This is all mad. Headbutt for all the boys, though. <laughs> because you got to pick. you got to either act like you don't care, so don't even mention it, or care. That means just shaking everything. Flipping over a table and over spoons. Either I'm having fun, or no one's having fucking fun. The sweep the pint off the table. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's get the last one. Last one, last one, last one. Jeez. Uh, uh, last one. Forbidden fruit. I can't help having wild dreams about getting with my best friend's new man. I mean, if it's just a dream, then what can you do about it? You're asleep. You can't control your dreams. If you're talking about daydreaming, and you've got the, you know, the, what's your latest toy? The Rabbit Flower 6000 buzzing away. <laughs> then that's different. Anyway, dear dear, you dream. Dream about having sex with my best friend's boyfriend is making me worried and excited at the same time. I've got a boyfriend who's 21 and I'm 23. We've been together for a year, but my best pal has started dating a guy who's 26 and he's so fit. She's 23 too and she's very happy. I started having dreams when I was being filled 
having what I started having dreams oh that I was being filmed having wild sex like somebody in a porn movie when I saw the face of the fella I was with it was my friend's partner I've had the dream three times now that is mad listen because I don't have one type of dream and I've never had that dream again just never revisiting it it's this person has have the same dream three times that's crazy I've had the dream three times now I've never been I've never even felt anything for him before but now I'm looking at him in a different light. I've hardly even talked to him. I can't confide in my own boyfriend about my dreams, but our sex life has gone up a notch. Oh. Oh. Do you think that deep down I want to be with this other guy? No, no. Not necessarily. But if your sex life with your boyfriend's gone up, then never worry about it. You know what I mean? Just keep on training your man. <laughs> He won't give a shit. Just don't tell him. You can even close your eyes and think about the, the other guy if you want. Just don't tell him that. You'll be happy. I'll tell you. You'll be fine. Anyway, people, I think that's the end of the pod. Um, let's say go to dangrofscott.com to get um, tickets to work in progress shows, get tickets to the Edinburgh show. Um, obviously, check out Late Nights on Wet Wipes as well. Me and the boys. And that's it. That's it, people. That's the end of the pod. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was going to talk about New Black Mirror. Go listen to that. Let me go watch that. Sorry. Uh, watch Fake Profile as well. Absolute GCSE level writing. But one of the best casts I've ever seen. As in, best looking cast. Everyone is good looking. To the point, as me, Darren Griffiths, straight man. Looking at the guys coming on the screen, be like, "My man's gorgeous." <laughs> it's like <laughs> just good-looking people, men and the women, just like unnecessarily good-looking. But it's like, do you know what? That's kind of world I'd want to live in. Just good-looking people, no uglies allowed. Anyway, this is the end of the pod. This is it now. Peace.